This is BetQL Daily with the Joes. Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio. Back BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G with you on a Tuesday. Right now, it's time to go out to the Roman guest line. I talk to John Zarillo of the Action Network as uh, we've been going over baseball futures and World Series, a kind of big picture look at the uh, the sport here, Sean, this morning at the Memorial Day uh, kind of marker of the season one day after it. Sean, what stands out to you early this season uh, in terms of the World Series odds or, or division odds this far into the season based on what we thought at the beginning to now? Has is, is, is any team kind of opened your eyes, changed your opinion of them uh, significantly when it comes to the odds movement and how they've played so far? Why are the Twins still money to win the AL Central? I've Thank you. I've had a tough time figuring that out this morning. I think it comes back to Fangraphs and Dakota both still have them around 47 to 48% to win the division. But I don't know how you get there considering Tim Anderson being hurt, Eli Jimenez getting hurt in the minor league rehab appearance that he had last night, how banged up their lineup is. Lance Lynn coming back, but what are you going to get from him? Are you going to get last year's Lance Lynn? They can't use guys like Dylan Cease and Kendall Graven when they go to Toronto. It's it's just kind of funny to me, aside from, I guess, Chris Paddock getting hurt with the Twins. Everything is trending the Twins' direction at this point. They have a nice few-game lead in that division, and I was high in the Twins coming into the season. I bet them at 5-1. to one. They were my best long shot in terms of a divisional winner, and uh, they've definitely played up to at this point. And as long as Byron Buxton stays healthy, I don't see any reason why they aren't as good as the White Sox the rest of the way. So, yeah, the Twins have plus money to win the AL Central right now. I, Like I said, I bet it at plus 500, but even at plus 115 right now, if you don't have a future, I think they're worth jumping in at. And then in the NL Central, maybe not in terms of a divisional future, because I think the line is probably correct. But the Brewers are probably my favorite World Series feature right now in terms of the teams who I think can win. Um, again, Fangrass, Dakota, they actually have them at 10 to 12%, depending on the system, to win the World Series. I love what I've seen from Milwaukee. Their offense is much improved from last year, up about 10 spots and expected stats. And then you've seen the breakouts from Eric Lauer, who's pitching today, Aaron Ashby, who pitched yesterday, obviously Burns and Woodruff were phenomenal, and then they brought up Ethan Small yesterday, too. So I love what I've seen from the Brewers. If you're going to bet a World Series future at this point, I think they are probably the one team that I could definitely point to at multiple projections. And based on what my eyes are telling me as being value, they're probably going to be able to avoid the Dodgers and get paired up with the likely the Mets, I would assume, unless the Mets end up surpassing the Dodgers in, in record. But probably Brewers and Mets, and hopefully uh, somebody else eliminates the Dodgers for them. So looking down the board a little bit for World Series futures uh, with some value, the Padres are 17. Uh, we talked about the teams that are in the 20-30 range uh, that can be appealing. Uh, White Sox are favored to win the division. Uh, they're 20-1 to 1 for the World Series if you think they're going to get healthy and turn things around. Tough road in the next couple weeks for them, though. Uh, Giants and Rays, 25. Cardinals, 35. The Twins, you are just talking about, 40-1. to 1. Any of those stand out? Not particularly, you know, I was going through the whole board and I had a, a difficult time really finding agreements between Fangrass and Bakota because that usually I align with one or the other and then I can, you know, run my own projection and kind of see where I fall. But like the Jays and the Yankees coming into the year, for instance, the Fangrass has them at 9%. The Yankees are 20% at Pakota. So if you use that Pakota projection, you can find value on the Yankees, right? But 
I was closer to the Fangraphs projection coming into the season. At this point, there might be divisional value on Toronto. You can get them at plus 360. I would probably make it closer to plus 200. That's where Fangraphs would have them too. I think there is kind of a limited group of teams that I actually think can win it at this point. Uh, you know, I mentioned liking the Twins. I think there's actually a, there was a 60 to one out there on them recently at MGM. That's probably gone now. But yeah, I mean, maybe the Twins, if you're, if you're considering like a, a longer, shot down the board. I think the Twins are going to go out and probably try to get a starting pitcher at some point, whether it's Frankie Montas. There's other guys out on the market, but I've heard a lot of talk for Montas for them. Uh, and I think Fangraphs had them around 3%, which is right around 30 to 1, 40 to 1. So, yeah, uh, if you're looking for a long shot at this point, I think the Twins World Series odds is where I'd probably go. But like I said, their plus money divisional future is just a little bit confusing to me. I think they should definitely be closer to Maybe minus 150 at this point, probably closer to 60%, in my opinion. Sean, the NL East be over. It just might be the Mets division. Uh, there was a gigantic lead here, and they just might win this thing. But it's interesting looking at the teams behind them in this division. One of those teams I still think is going to emerge as a contender for the playoffs, maybe chase down the Cardinals or the Giants or the Padres for a wild card. Uh, of those three teams, and I know you've been high on the Phillies before, but just hear your thoughts now after Memorial Day. Braves, Phillies, Marlins. We do have a positive run differential. Of those three, which one do you think is the most likely to get their act together and challenge for a postseason spot? Joe, why you, why you got to curse my Mets like that? I mean, <laughs> no, I, I, I completely agree. Uh, this is the time of year, though, right where the Mets fell apart last year, and no DeGrom and Scherzer certainly has me concerned. I think the Braves at plus 400 to win the division right now, if you're looking for a value play, that's probably where I'd go. They have the most talent. They have tons of pitching if Charlie Morton ever gets his act together. And I think there are some projections out there on them that still have them around 19% to win the division. That might be Fangraphs as well. So the Braves at plus 400. I was very high on the Marlins coming into the year. And we're starting to see Edward Cabrera come up now today for a start. Max Meyer should be up soon. I'm still very high on the Marlins. I had them projected at 81 wins coming into the year. I just don't know if they're quite a playoff team yet. Maybe next year, though, with all the pitching that they have. Pablo Lopez is getting himself into that Cy Young conversation, and Alcantara's odds keep climbing closer to being you know, a top-five choice. Um, as far as the Phillies go, I mean, they have a positive run differential, and they're just their bullpen falls apart every game. It's, it's just embarrassing. It's very painful. I've lost a lot of money on them this year. I've lost a lot of money trying to bet against the Mets so far this year, which is making me hate my own team. But, yeah, I think the Braves are probably the value play at this point. And uh, I, I wouldn't really touch anybody in that division, though. I think you're probably right. The Mets have built up enough of a cushion that the odds are probably aligned with where they should be. Sean, as long as you're talking about the Braves, want to throw something your way, get your reaction. Joe G started talking about Spencer Strider as a long shot for National League Rookie of the Year. Suzuki Hurt now, he was the odds-on favorite. Now uh, the odds are about the same as Mackenzie Gore. Just his numbers have been off, off the charts. I, I'm wondering when they're going to finally post Cy Young numbers on him. But the Braves, super positive uh, yesterday after Strider's appearance. You know, it, it was runners in scoring position not coming through and a little bit of the defense. And the fifth starter has been the bugaboo for Atlanta. They're, they were 2-10 in games started by their fifth or sixth guy. Can Strider be their fifth starter for the remainder of the season? And and do you find that 40-1 to one National League Rookie of the Year appealing? Yeah, that's definitely interesting. It's very tough for pitchers to win the award. I bring this up all the time, but 
wins above replacement ends up being a very key stat, especially for rookie of the year. 14 of the past rookie of the year winners were the leader in their league in, in wins above replacement. So if I'm looking at pitchers, I might be more interested in guys like George Kirby or Grayson Rodriguez in the AL who are 50 to one who haven't come up yet. Even Max Meyer, longer odds than Strider could potentially interest me more, but I, I like what I've seen from Strider. He projects very well on my model. I did bet against him yesterday with Zach Allen, but he does project particularly well for me. The guy I'm probably interested in, whose odds have floated up the most, but one would be Juan Yepes, who is now behind his teammate, Nolan Gorman. And Yepes, I think, is phenomenal. He's still 11-1 to out there. That definitely interests me, but O'Neill Cruz at 30-1 to was the second choice coming into the year behind Seiya. I always considered him the biggest threat. If you looked at wins above replacement per game played, he was the NL leader. It just mattered how much he was ultimately going to play. He struggled to start the year in the minor leagues. And over the past month, he's really found his stride. They moved him around to different positions. This guy's going to be really fun when he comes up. He's huge, like Aaron Judge size, but he could play shortstop. Uh, so O'Neill Cruz, 30 to 1. I believe he was around 8 to 1 coming into the year, potentially even shorter than that. I think 30 to 1. We can talk about AL MVP, NL MVP too, but. Guys like Vlad Guerrero at 17 to 1, Juan Soto at 17 to 1. These players who were the favorites or the second choices in their awards categories before the start of the year, who now have floated up in odds at much more reasonable prices where you could take a long shot wager on them. That's mostly where I'd be looking around in terms of futures odds. Sean brought that up because we were having that discussion earlier. The, the Soto one came up because I, you know, I looked at his numbers last year around this time. Pretty similar, actually. You can make a case his, his numbers right now are better than they were a year ago, and we know how he finished. And some guys are just second-half players. Like, Let's just use Soto for an example. Would you continue to wait? Because it seemed like July last year was when he just took off and put himself in the mix. Would you wait? Do you not want to see him get hot the next two weeks and you miss the number? I'm seeing him down to as low as 20 to 1. Um, how do you find that balance between kind of looking for the perfect number and, and, and waiting uh, on a guy like Juan Soto? So with Soto in particular, and looking, everybody has him still finishing as a top three award leader. And 22 of the past 24 winners of MVP awards ranked in the top three in their league and went the road replacement. That, mm-hmm. you know, seeing who's going to finish in the top three, 16 of those 24, by the way, were the league leader award. But seeing who's going to finish in the top three, both coming into the year and then live throughout the season, you can look at updated projections, you know, on fan graphs they have, all different sorts of updated projections, including current performance to date, and then fact the season performance. Twenty to one is probably where I would have set my cutoff at this point. I think I might dip in there. It is Dinger Tuesday, so I've got some home run bets to place at FanDuel. But after that, I'm going to start probably placing some more futures odds out there. And Soto twenty to one definitely popped up for me. I think that is a, a pretty solid price. You're talking about a very low probability of that hitting, but he did get up as high as a hundred to one last year. Now it doesn't matter. We've seen it doesn't matter whether teams are making the playoffs or not. They're going to give it to the best player and the guy who contributed the most. All six finalists for the MVP last year, none of their teams made the playoffs. So I don't really care that the Nationals are terrible. I just care how Juan Soto performs the rest of the way. So we've seen guys like Paul Goldschmidt jump way ahead of him. He's down to plus 750. He's now the third choice on the board. I think enough people have moved in front of Soto where they've had to drop him. But I really don't see him finishing outside the top three in players in the National League and wins of replacement. With the Action Network's Sean Zarilla, Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, BetQL Daily. All right, the, the one, uh, the favorite of these awards, that is it. That's a hard disagree on my end, is American League Cy Young, Justin Verlander, your favorite at plus 450. I think that's just ridiculous. And looking at his numbers, 
negative regression on the way for Verlander, but his name's Justin Verlander, so he's the favorite. Do, do you find uh, a ton of value at this point? And this is not usually my approach, especially earlier on in the season, but but Gaussman at plus 650, and do you find that screaming value like I do? Maybe not screaming value because I think the AL field is pretty loaded. Now, I'm, a, I'm with you. I'm against Verlander. If Verlander wins the Cy Young, I'm happy to lose. I definitely think a regression is on the way for him. I would look at some guys who are a bit longer and odd. Tarek Scoop. With how good he is this year, he changed his pitch mix midway through last year. He used to be a fly ball guy. Now he's a ground ball pitcher, and his stuff is phenomenal. And he's very consistent. He goes deep into games. 40-1 on Scooble, I think, is kind of crazy. He should probably be closer to 15 or even 20-1. to 1. Shane McClanahan and Galson are probably the two favorites in my mind. Maybe Otani can get in there, too. But McClanahan is almost neck and neck with Galson. I believe he leads the league in strikeout minus walk rate, leads the league in swinging strike rate. We just don't see the Rays push their pitchers that hard. And the Jays kind of have to rely on Galson and Alec Manoa at this point because Barrios and Genjin Ruhr are a little bit concerning with what they've shown to date. So I, I don't disagree with you on Galson. I just think Shane McClanahan is probably just as good, if not better, of a pitcher, and you're getting slightly better odds on him. But, yeah, if you're telling me to pick my three finalists for AL Cy Young at the end of the year, I'd say Galson, McClanahan, and Dylan Seas. Big picture. A couple weeks ago, Sean, we were wondering if the Yankees at any point would overtake the Dodgers as the favorite to win the World Series. Since then, Dodgers keep keep piling on wins. Yankees have fallen back a little bit. But do you think that will happen um, at any point this year? Could you see at any point the Dodgers not being the favorite to win the World Series? Right now I'm seeing Dodgers plus 450, Yankees at 6-1. to one. Probably not. They just project so highly. And then once you get them to the playoffs, I mean, with this extra wild card spot, assuming these teams are going to win the division, but I think the Yankees have a bit more competition behind them than the Dodgers do. Once these teams get to the playoffs, and if you're guaranteeing them to get to the divisional round, they just project so well against everybody else. It's hard to get them below like 60 to 65% in each individual series, especially given that lineup. Once Kershaw comes back into the fold, so, no, I really don't think that they will. But like I said, there is a 20% projection from Pocota out there on the Yankees to win the World Series. So if you bought, bought into the Pocota preseason projection on the Yankees, you're still buying into it now, 6-1 to one out there. I think you can justify a bet on the Yankees. I wouldn't do it myself because, like I said, I had them behind the Jays coming into the year, and I don't see rest of the way why I wouldn't project the Jays as a better team. But the Yankees can offer value in theory. I just don't see any way that – I would make them shorter than the Dodgers. I mentioned it, I believe, last time I was on the pod. My opinion really hasn't changed. NLCS, Mets, and Dodgers, ALCS, Astros, and Jays, those are the four teams that consistently come back on people late in games. Whether or not they win the game doesn't matter. They're in every game until the final out. They make you sweat it out until the end. The Dodgers did it last night. The Mets fell behind 3 yesterday, three nothing yesterday, immediately closed down that lead. We saw what they did on Sunday Night Baseball. Those teams just—it's almost annoying to have bets against them because you get a free nothing lead and you're you're just waiting for them to come back. You do, Sean. We appreciate hopping on, Sean Zarillo on the Roman line. The other side, Jake Hassan is back, and we got to hear from him about his trip, what he did, what he was watching, what he was drinking. All that coming up next, right here on the BetQL Network.
These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily from BetQL.